Hey, my name is Jarrett Stevens, and I'm one of the lead pastors at Soul City Church. And uh, we're having a conversation about work and how you work with God at work and how your faith intersects and even informs the work that you do. Colossians 3.23 says that whatever you do, so no matter what you do, whatever it is, work at it with all your heart as though you're working for God. And so that means really, no matter what your job is, and even if you don't have a job, whatever it is that you're going about doing in your everyday ordinary life, that you can actually partner with God and know that that's who you work for. And when you get who you're working for, you get a bigger and better picture of what work really can be all about. So I've asked some friends uh, to join me here at the table to talk about work and to talk about God and how those things uh, come together for them. And uh, I'm really excited for where God's going to take this conversation. We hope that it's a transformational conversation that you actually get to participate in and that it shapes the way you go to work and take back this Monday. So I want to introduce you to some of my friends. Whitney, we'll start with you. Why don't you tell us who you are and what you do? I'm Whitney Reynolds. I host and own the Whitney Reynolds Show on PBS. We're a topic-based talk show that's all about provoking positive change. That's awesome. So how long have you been doing the show? I started it when I was 23 years old. Wow. Yeah, and um, we've been just climbing our way here in Chicago. This city has been amazing because I moved here not knowing one person, and then this, they kind of took me in. And so now to be in several PBS markets is so rewarding, and we changed our focus to topics that really matter. That's awesome. Well, I, two people at this table are previous guests on oh, your show. Oh, I know. So, I mean, kind of that, a big deal. Kind of a big deal. Is that like favoritism? I'm just saying, it kind, <laughs> of, kind of a big deal. <laughs> kind of a big deal. All right, Stefan. Uh, I'm Stefan Holt. I'm right now the morning anchor at NBC5 here in Chicago. So I wake up at the dawn's ugly light to talk about the news and things that are going on in Chicago. And I'm actually leaving Chicago. I'm soon to be the uh, afternoon anchor at WNBC News 4 New York. Uh, so big transition going mm -hmm. on in my life and in my career. Feelings. I have feelings about this. <laughs> you know, I have feelings too. I'm sure you do. And that's well, why you're coming with me to New York. Yeah, so. well, that's, did you know. that's another video. <laughs> so I'm glad you're at the table. Kenya. I'm Kenya Sadler. I'm the principal at William H. Brown Elementary School. It's down the street from Soul City Church on the west side of Chicago. Mm -hmm. That's right. West side, best side. West side, side. <laughs> That's right. Mark. I'm Mark Malnati, and I'm the owner of Lou Malnati's Pizzerias here in Chicago. Just about to celebrate our 45th anniversary. That's awesome. Vance, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, Vance Henry, uh, serve as Deputy Chief of Staff uh, to Mayor Emanuel. Um, I work primarily on community engagement um, and working with churches and not-for-profits and community-based organizations to help um, them access city government. Uh, and to help city government work in partnership um, to the work that they do awesome. to move our city forward. I love that. I'm glad that you're here. So we're going to be talking about work and how God is a part of our work and how we can incorporate work to make it more of a partnership with God. So I'd love to hear, though, some about your first job, where it all kind of started for you. So why don't we just go around the table? Anyone can say it. Uh, when it pops up. What was your first job that you ever had? Kenya, what was your first job you ever had? I was a telemarketer. <laughs> telemarketer. Yes. You, I'm surprised you didn't have a career in that. That's uh, no. Sixty <laughs> after no sixty calls per minute. Mm. Wow. How long did you do that for? Oh, about four months. Four months. Yes. That's pretty long for a telemarketer. I made one sale and then <laughs> after that went downhill. <laughs> but I started out strong. Strong. 
came out the gate. The first sale was like within the first two weeks. I love it. I love it. None after that. A lot of sitting around making calls. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. Stefan, what was your first job? My first job was a busboy at an Italian restaurant nice. in New York City. And nice. uh, it wasn't at Lou Melnati's, uh, unfortunately. But it's still a classic education. That's right. <laughs> That's the thing. It was a classic education. I learned so much on that job. I like to say it was my worst job and my best job. I love it. It's all in one. Nice. You know, there's something about the restaurant industry that starts bringing service to the forefront of people's lives. Mm. It's critical. I love it. You have it. to understand service. Yeah. So, Mark, what was your first job then? I, know it, I was a caddy. You were a caddy, yeah. yeah. I was Bring a caddy. Serving people. Local, serving people. Local golf course. Uh, how old were you? My favorite part, I was 14, 14. Was, was holding on to the back of the cart with uh, flat sole shoes in the morning dew and just sketching. Yeah, right. All the food. I love the it. Course. I'm sure that the guys that you were caddying for loved that too. I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> I got fired. <laughs> I'm sure they don't. Vance, what was your first job? Um, worked at a fast food restaurant. Um, and in particular, uh, my assignment was making sure that we never ran out of fries. Ooh. Nice. That's, yeah. that's an important job oh, yeah. for yeah. the world. May we never run out of fries. <laughs> ever. So that's, that's awesome. May they also remain hot. That's yeah. right. Yes. <laughs> or salted. Hot. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. My first real job was uh, I had a couple little ones, but working at Blockbuster Video. Oh, wow. Which used to, videos used to be a thing that you, and you'd have to go to a store to get them. And I was a CSR, customer service representative. Naturally. Still we, have we, my we name like badge. CSR. <laughs> <laughs> Still have my name badge, actually. I was able to keep that. That's awesome. And a couple videos that I walked out with. But uh, yeah, so that was my first job. That's yeah. how I helped pay for a car and all that kind of fun stuff. So. Very you had to rewind those things, too. That was, you that you had to be kind and be rewind. Quiet, right? Yeah, you had to be kind and rewind the tapes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, you had to bring them in rewound already, yes. or else you right. got you got fined. Dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was very that. serious work. Yes. This, I was doing <laughs> the Lord's work back then. So let's just be honest about this. Okay. So what would you say was your worst job? What was the worst job you ever had? I hate to say it because I'm sitting next to a fellow reporter, but um, when I was a reporter right out of school, it was really, really, really hard on me yeah. because you were covering a lot of hard stories that, um, you know, sometimes there was no hope at the end and it was really sad. And so when I was a reporter, I did it um, off and on and then I was promoted to morning anchor, but it was a really hard job and I really admire the people here in Chicago that do have to cover those stories because they happen. And um, that was probably one of my hardest jobs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Kenya, what was your worst job? Was it the telemarketer? Tele worst and worst. <laughs> worst and worst. Yeah, that's right. That make, well, that makes sense. Stefan, did you say? You know, it's funny. I, I said being a busboy was the best and the worst. It, it's hard work. hard work. It's a lot of hard work. And um, I, I think the customer aspect part was one of the more fun parts, but could also be very challenging and demanding and tough. Um, you know what? But it, it, it taught me a lot. So that's why I, I, it's hard for me to say it was my worst job because I learned so much on the job. I, I, I learned so much about myself. I, I worked as a busboy while I was going to flight school in New York, so it was kind of my, I'm going to work hard, I'm going to do this, and this is going to pay off in the end yeah. to do that. Hmm. And it worked out well. It worked out. 
pretty sure Jesus worked as a busboy during it's some of the programs. Yeah, there's that we don't have recorded. Yeah, it's in there. The guy from Chick-fil-A told Ever. me that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> we don't know, but probably. I had, I had a summer where, to pay for Jeannie's ring, I, had, I already had, I was a school teacher, and I was a youth group leader at my church. Those were both very part-time. I also delivered pizzas. I did that at night. And then, but that was not enough to pay for a ring. And so that summer when I wasn't teaching, I also picked up a landscaping job and then I worked construction for a couple weeks. And the only job they trusted me with on the site was to carry the drywall up the stairs, up the site to every new house in this track. Oh, and so I had one giant bicep and then the other one, nothing. Just completely <laughs> underdeveloped. This one, not as much. But this one, I felt like yeah, this side got a good workout. Just up and down a couple of two-story houses. But all, I mean, just that was all I did all day. So, so let me ask you this question. What do you love about what you, what you do? What's one of the things that you just that you love about your job? That, I, you love, know, I love people. You love people. Yeah, I just, So how do you interact with people in a way that you just love it and you, like, what's the sweet spot for you interacting with people? Well, um, given where I work uh, in city government, city hall, I work for Mayor Emanuel, um, part of my responsibility is helping um, community-based organizations, not-for-profits, um, connect with the city around the delivery of service to neighborhoods. Um, and while we have one of the greatest cities uh, in the world, uh, you might imagine we have neighborhoods and parts of our city that uh, face some real challenges. Um, and I just love the fact that there are times where when we get it right, um, some local church, some not-for-profit, some block club, some community-based organization is able to connect and partner with us and it helps them to deliver services to the people in those, in those neighborhoods. And oftentimes I get a chance to um, be at a church that's um, doing gardening uh, or a block club that's um, standing to fight against violence. And um, just to see the way that people respond uh, when they uh, are connected with uh, and made to feel value and important. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know that connecting people together, I, I see that in you and I, I love it. You yeah. love that because you're very good at it. Just kind of finding great folks doing good work and bringing them together for the greater good. That's awesome. Kenya, what about you? What do you love about what you get to do as principal? Well, aside from all of the hugs uh -huh. and cupcakes, uh -huh. yes. uh -huh. <laughs> it's um, really playing, I know, knowing that I've played a role in changing the life of a child, I think is really the best part of, of my job. Stefan, what do you love about what you do? Well, and it's funny just listening to everybody else talk about their careers, and, and I like to say vocations. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think the, the things that God has called us to do and serve in that capacity, and just listening, I think we all touch people's lives. Absolutely. And I think that's true with so many careers and so many jobs, is that ability to touch lives. Even if you're doing data entry, you're working as a busboy, or you're a broadcast journalist, um, the impact of our professions and our jobs and our careers have the ability to, to move and to shake things and, and to really touch people. And that's one of the things I love as a storyteller is being able to touch the lives of people who need to hear that information, need to hear that story, um, who are striving to hear that story or, or need that story to be told. Um, that's, that's what I love to do. I, I love being able to do that every morning. I love being able to meet people. I'm a people person. so. Um, that ability to, to touch lives on a daily basis. I certainly feel it every day. That's cool. That's cool. Mark, what would you I say? I love to build teams. 
I love, to, build I love yeah. to build teams that lean into one another and, and learn to believe in one another. And I love to uh, see leadership ability in a person and hold the space for them while they kind of uh, walk into it. Mm -hmm. I love That's to cool. see someone grow like that. That's awesome. That's cool. So, okay, so what would you say is one of the hardest things about your job? What's one of the toughest things? What's one of the biggest challenges about mm. your job? What's something you go, ah, oh, man, this is, you know, this is tough. This Some is of the tough. ethical dilemmas that I am confronted I with. Yeah. In a city like Chicago that faces um, challenges around resources, um, just the decision-making process of who gets what, when, how, why, where. Um, and just making sure that, that as decisions gets made, uh, people's quality of life is the, is the primary um, focus of our decision making around our policy and around distribution of resource. Yeah, I can imagine there's some tough calls that you gotta Absolutely. make that you go home at the end of the day going, I don't know, I, you know, I hope, God, I hope we made the right call today. You're not making them in isolation, you got all kinds of other people vying for Dynamics, their, yeah. Yeah. what else? Things about your job are just tough. I think um, for me, it's really not being able to control the outcome and wanting to, you know, be able to help children and families in every single situation. We often talk about how we grow through our failures, but this is one job that we really can't afford to fail. And so every day is the only opportunity that that child gets to learn yeah. and so it there's a lot of pressure when you you know fear you know m missing the opportunity yeah. so it's it's really tough to yeah. deal with I've thought that about your job Kenya is that that you said the word control and that you know you can do the very best that you and your team can do for the hours that you have them and then or for the years that you have them but then that's it you really Every day you have to have sort of a letting go, you know, which I can imagine would be a challenge, you know. At the end of every year, there's a letting go, and so, yeah. So what would you say about the, your work environment? For, it's different for every one of you. Some of you own your own company. Some of you work for, you know, a system or, a, you know, for the government. Some of you work for a network. So is, what would you say as far as your faith? Because I know each of you to be followers of Jesus. You have growing transformational relationships with Jesus. Is your work environment sort of a faith-friendly place? So, you know, just in kind of the broadest terms there, is it a place where you can, you feel comfortable or you feel safe or you feel that it's welcome to live out your faith? Because I know a lot of folks who are listening to this or watching this, you know, we all have different spaces, but that may not be the case for them. What, what would you say for, for you and your work environment? Mine, there are obviously rules that separate church and state and um, being very careful to be respectful of everyone's faith but there's no place that needs that level of faith more than my workplace so it's kind of a balancing act of you know we are the place that um, inspires hope and how do you have that hope without without in my opinion without Jesus but then you really can't say Jesus because <laughs> right. of the whole separation of church yeah. and state. So it's yeah. a balancing act. Yeah, yeah. It's a balancing act in, in media too. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a very delicate balancing act because we, 
talk to a lot of people who have different backgrounds, different faith stories. Um, they might not be believers. So, um, yeah, it's tough. And, and I think sometimes um, a lot of the conversations, you know, the ones we have on the air, and even sometimes behind the scenes, are very surface. We can't have those deeper conversations about faith, about God, and about Christ. So um, it's interesting. I, I think more and more I've had to figure out how I can be an example. Um, how I can be an example, maybe without saying the words, but walking the walk mm -hmm. uh, and trying to talk the talk as best as I can. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard, though. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I found that um, I, I have been referred to as a very passionate person. Uh, and so I've, I have found that uh, in my passion to love people uh, and to um, make sure that the city is um, connecting and collaborating, uh, that people often will say, you know, why are you so driven? Mm -hmm. And um, I often will just be very frank, well, as a person of faith, um, and then that get, there's a lot of engagement around, really, I, I never really thought that you were a person of faith. What does that really mean? So it opens up doors for me to be able to share, um, which some people find interesting, and so they ask questions, engaging questions. Uh, and then there are those times where because I'm a person of faith, um, and because my faith is integrated in how I live my public life out, and particularly in government, I found myself in some uh, lonely places. I can only mm -hmm. imagine. Um, that I've had to say that as a Christian, uh, as an, and as a practicing Christian, um, I can't be in support of this. Um, and so it's uh, sometimes uh, that's been a, a lonely walk. I can only imagine. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I've kind of had both experiences. Yeah. Wow. I, my my experience is so different yeah. because uh, in a in a family-owned business, uh, there's no restrictions. There's no there's no governor, and so you know if if there's a moment that we need to pray about something, we do. That's and, so cool. And um, and we really encourage people to talk about not you know talk about their faith, but to talk about you know who they are to be transparent and vulnerable with one another and to kind of develop the relationships uh, with one another in our company. And I think that, you know, that that's really the secret to longevity in, yeah. you know, in, of a company yeah. for people to uh, get to know one another, get to love one another. Yeah. What I love too, and this is true of, of Brown as well at your school as it is with Malnati's, it's fun to see the partnerships that we have with Soul City Church, you know, and it's to have, you know, at Thanksgiving when we do all the, I mean, amazing day of packing Thanksgiving baskets and putting all that together, it's Malnati's employees, Soul City folks, in it, you know, all in it together, Very and fun. it's it's beautiful, you know, and I think of our relationship, our long-standing relationship with Brown and how there's, you know, when we are on the campus there or, you know, folks will come to visit Soul City from your team, and there's just this, there's this sense of, togetherness, even though we may not agree on this, that, or the other, there's this common sort of core um, thing that's bigger than us that unites us, which is really, just really cool and special. It doesn't always, doesn't always happen, so that's, that's pretty awesome to, to see. Let me ask you a question. What, what for you is a verse or a biblical principle that, that guides or informs the way that you work? So is there a verse that comes to mind that you go, yeah, this is one I say pretty regularly as I'm heading in or walking in or throughout the day, 
or, or maybe and or, is there a Christian principle, a biblical principle you go, you know, it's this idea that Jesus talked about, or it's this idea from Proverbs, that's what really drives and compels me and kind of informs my work. What would you, what would you Jeremiah say? Jeremiah 29, look at 17, seek the welfare of the city. Okay. And uh, in my work, um, through government as, as a vehicle uh, of social change, um, that's my assignment is to promote the welfare of the city. In fact, there was a famous philosopher poet that said, everything good flows, ancient philosophers said, everything good flows through the city. Yeah. And, um, and so, and given that people live in cities, in fact, uh, I think it was McKinsey, uh, by the year 2050, most of the world's population will, will be, be in, in, city, in the city. Yeah, city. Yep. Uh, and so, you know, God loves cities. And so for me, um, working inside government is, is, is a way for me to uh, be a part of what he's doing in the world. Yeah. And so Jeremiah 29, I want to say 17, mm -hmm. seek the welfare of the city. Yeah, so that one, that one verse, that one idea has become your mission, your, yes. to the best of your ability to see that the city is better off because of your work, your presence, yes. Christ's power through you, lived out through your yep. everyday work. It's powerful, man. It's, yes. mm -hmm. I love that. What about the rest of you? Would you say, is there a verse or a biblical principle that you go, yeah, this is, this is it. John 1, 16, out of the fullness of his grace, we've received one blessing after another. And um, it's kind of been my life verse. And even ironically, even outside of work, now we're having twins. I'm like, really, it's not just one blessing, it's, it's another. So it's just been one thing that I've just seen um, this story unfold. And you know, not all of it's been pretty at all. Like, you know, there's been many parts of my story that were really ugly. But God makes every story beautiful and every day new, and it's just like one blessing. And when you decide to view life through those that through that lens, it just makes everything different. So mm -hmm. I love that's that. That's cool. a great perspective. Yeah, I cling to that. I love it. That's <laughs> awesome, Winnie. That's awesome. You know, our business is all about uh, service and all about becoming servants for one another and and loving that. And I, you know, I think the principle around just loving others as you know, you love yourself is the, is really the guiding principle. We really teach people how to listen. You know, our, our team is involved with making people's day, you know, making uh, a meal, you know, an exciting part of the day after, you know, after maybe people have struggled, yeah. you know, what they're doing at work or, you know, other things. And, and you know, to, to create a, um, a sense of, you know, we're on your side. We're, we're, we're here to, to brighten things up. Um, and, and if things go badly, you know, to teach our staff to really get themselves in someone else's shoes and, and um, you know, uh, understand yeah. what, what people want, what people are going through. Yeah. I've always thought that about service industry for, you know, anyone who works in any facet of that, that that industry, those jobs are literally set up around this biblical, specifically Jesus principle of serving others. I mean, that's how the whole thing is set up. And that is the job right. is to serve others, is right. to work hard for the sake, for the benefit right. of others before yourself. And I think when you can get that, you know, and connect that to <coughs> that, this is sort of, you know, I'm not saying Jesus serves pizzas, but what I'm no, saying but is Jesus, that Jesus washed people's feet. Yeah, I mean, and that's that, what we're doing. Yeah. You we're are serving in a tangible feet. way. Yeah. You know, you talk to a busboy or a dishwasher, they're, you know, I mean, 
it's a job every bit as bad as washing somebody's feet. Yeah, really. You know, it's every tough. bit is tough, and right. to do that job with joy, yeah, is impressive. So this is my little soapbox. Uh, so anyone who goes to Soul City Church and goes to any restaurant after church, you better be the best tipper <laughs> in that restaurant. There is no reason not to take care of the people who take care of you. And so that is a very small, so for all the servers and all the folks who've done it in the past who have that as a part of their story, that's a small, small, small way to say thank you to someone whose job literally is to serve you. I mean, mm -hmm. to look him in the eye, to talk to him, to have a conversation, that's such a small way to make their work even more meaningful with you even still being the customer, so. Be a tipper, not a gripper. Mm. <laughs> That'll preach, Mark. Uh, That'll preach. I think we're going to be hearing that again. Escalation's yeah, <laughs> fine. where he heard it from. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, I don't want to piggyback off that. Mm. I, I think being a good servant is being a good servant out of love. Mm. And, and that's one of the, the principles I've always loved in Jesus' teaching is the, is the principle of love. Yeah. Is, is loving your neighbor, loving God, loving others. And, um, and I certainly try to find that in what I do because a lot of the subject we cover is hatred. Yeah. It's fear. Like Fear-based, yeah. It's destruction. Yeah. And, and, and trying to find the love in every story. And I think back to covering crime in Chicago. Right. Covering, I, I've been to plenty of shooting scenes. Um, I, I, I remember one story, it was, a, it was a young gal, she was shot on the south side, pregnant. Mm. She was in the crossfire. She wasn't, wasn't the intended target. Um, her baby survived, which was amazing. And I had the horrible task of talking to her mother afterwards and asking that trite, terrible question that reporters often ask, how do you feel? Yeah. And you think, how, how do you think I feel in this moment? But the purpose of that question, the purpose of telling that story is to find the love in it, to know that this was a person who was loved, this is a person who shared love with other people in that community. Yeah. And this is someone who is not a statistic. This is not someone who is just a, a quick story on the five o'clock news. This is a story that goes beyond each and every one of us here. And, and that's my job as a storyteller, to find that love, to find that nugget of truth and make that connection so that when people see that story on the five o'clock news, they know that this was a person who, who was loved. Yeah. and can feel that love. Yeah. You want their heart to break. Right? People watch. You want the audience. Yeah. You do? Yeah. They so have their heartbreak so that, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. And it's tough because I know a lot of people want to, they'll say, oh, another shooting, another fire, right. another piece of destruction. Right. And, and it's so easy to, to turn a blind eye or, or to stick your head in the sand and say, you know what, I'm done. And there's a lot of, there's yeah. so much of it, yeah. not just in this city, but across this yeah, world. Right. But as soon as we can find the love. Yeah. And before the love, yeah, right. Um, you know, that's where we make that connection. That's where real change and real transformation yeah, happens. That's huge. Kenya, what about you? What's a verse or a biblical principle for you that kind of guides and guards and forms your work? Well, it is um, unto whom much is given, much is expected. In fact, if I were to say the first part of it, my teachers would be able to complete really? the verse because. I say it to them very often to be in um, an underserved um, neighborhood where um, the odds are supposed to be, in most cases, are stacked against us. They get to walk into um, a beautiful building with, you know, updated resources and pretty much, um, as I want to say, all that they need, but as much as they, they need to do 
the best job possible. And so, you know, constantly reminding them of the blessings that we have just as a staff in the school and that reminder that unto whom much is given, much is expected. Yeah. Well, in Kenya, knowing your story, as long as I've known you, that's your, that could very much be your life verse because as a kid who grew up at Brown, at the school that you're now in the neighborhood that you're principal of, and then get, you know, kind of getting into the life and a career that was outside and, and you know, a million miles away, but not, but only a couple miles away from that. And that calling back to, or the undeniable calling, at least from your mom, if not from God, <laughs> to come back to your community and to lead because much had been given and you, you know, and, and much had been worked for on your